This is the Value Investor Podcast with Tracy Reinick. All things value, all the time. Welcome back, value investors. I've talked in the past about the powerful combination of value with growth. Who wouldn't want that? That would be a cheap stock, which is growing its underlying sales and earnings. That sounds fantastic, right? That's why I like to look for that, and that's why I call it a powerful combination. It's actually pretty rare, but we have found those stocks in the past. But what if I wanted to add some income on top in the form of the dividend? What if I wanted value, growth, and dividend paying? That would be the triple threat, right? To get all three of those things. Does it even exist? I didn't know. So I thought I would create a screen to try to find those stocks and see kind of what was out there that was cheap, that had growth, and that would also pay me some cash on the side. So to create the screen, I had to use a couple different metrics, and I did mess around with the, the metrics, especially on the growth side, to try to find what I thought might uh, accurately portray what's going on out there. But nothing is actually going to be quite right on the growth side because of last year's pandemic, <laughs> because that's going to distort a lot of the data, especially the year over year type of data, both on sales and earnings. Depending on what part of the economy you were in, you saw maybe your sales and earnings plunge in 2020, or you might have seen a huge surge in them in 2020. And both those things are going to kind of mess around with those year over year kind of looks that we want to do with some of these screens. But we have to go with what we have. So I still did want to include it. So for the growth component, I used sales growth of over 10% for year over year. And this was for the last reported fiscal year and the one before that. So for most companies, it would have been 2020 and then 2019. So you can see on the sales, it's going to already kind of skew it if I'm only looking at last year's pandemic year versus the stronger 2019 for many companies, but not all, like I was saying. So it does depend on what area you're in to get that 10% year over year growth on the sales, but we're going with it. Then on the earnings side, I did earnings growth, estimated earnings growth for this year versus last year. That's a little bit better because this year, most of the companies are going to see stronger growth than what they had last year on the earnings side. Um, and even those that had a good 2020 are still expected to see further growth here in 2021. So that's not going to be super messed up from the pandemic, but still somewhat messed up. And I did 10% on that as well. I wanted to get double digit growth in both of those categories, because again, if I'm going to look for growth stocks, I at least should get some hefty growth. So double digits is very nice growth right here. And um, that's what I want to capture on the growth side. Now, for value, I kept it pretty basic. I just did PEs under 20, and I didn't want to do 15 because I thought that might be too low. And with that kind of growth, I did think, eh, I'm getting double-digit earnings growth. I can go a little bit higher on the PE, and there would still be some nice value involved in that. And then on the dividend side, I did look for yields over 2%. And 
I figured why not get at least a little bit juicier of a dividend because if I'm going to screen for this, I might as well get some nice cash as I'm screening. And I also wanted to get a higher dividend yield than what the S&P 500 is paying right now. And that is yielding 1.39% right now. So I could have gone with 1.5 and I still would have been getting over the S&P 500. But a 2% dividend is a little bit, like I said, juicier and more fun. And so I stuck with the 2% as long as I thought I could actually get some stocks in the screen. Because um, I also added on the Zach's rank, of course. I added on the number ones, the strong buys, and the number two buys because I still did want the analyst estimates and I wanted um, those to be rising, even though we're going to get the 10% the earnings growth. I also wanted the analysts to be bullish on the companies. So the number ones and number two should be giving us some kind of analyst revisions in those estimates that are higher, hopefully in the last 60 days or so. Um, some I noticed were in the last like week or two. Because we're heading into earnings season now, some of the analysts are adjusting somewhat some of their estimates. But it should uh, be kind of weeding out some of the good companies with maybe the not so good and maybe we'll get uh, you know some better names on the screen because I added the rank there. So after combining all these things, so the sales growth, the earnings growth, the PE under 20, dividend yield over 2%, I did not do volume or uh, company size, none of that. I did add on the rank of one and twos. It gave me 21 stocks. So that's not too bad. Um, I was kind of surprised that I still was able to get, you know, almost two dozen names with that dividend yield that's a little bit juicier and the rank and the growth. So that was encouraging. And what is in here, as you might imagine, because of the dividend requirement, there are a decent number of financials and REITs. And REITs, remember, are real estate investment trusts, and they have to pay out their earnings back to the shareholders. So you usually get higher dividends owning the real estate you're getting the income coming in off that real estate. And the financials have now resumed paying pretty decent dividends, um, especially the banks. But, uh, you know, that E is now rising with a lot of the financials. So that's why we're getting the good Zach's rank on some of these now. We might not have gotten that, you know, even last year in 2020 during the pandemic. But now the earnings picture has turned around for the banks. The 10-year treasury yield has risen and um, the E side, the earnings side is looking pretty strong with the financials. So I pulled out the five names as I always do on this podcast out of this list. Some of these are definitely ones I've talked about before. So I've covered these. So you're kind of like, hey, Tracy, why are you giving us the same stocks again? Well, the good news is that some of these I've covered in the last couple of months here in 2021. Some I've covered in 2020. Some I've even done even prior to that. So I'm happy to see that these companies are still retaining and are back to Zach's number ones or number two ranks. 
that's telling me that you know there's the analysts are still bullish on what's going on with the earnings and that some of these companies that I've liked a lot in the past or even just earlier here in 2021 um, are still looking good with all the fundamentals. And that's a, a very uh, intriguing thing right now here in 2021. So let's dive right in and find out what these companies are and why they are still showing up on this list. So the first one at the at the at the gate is one of the ones I have talked about before. It's it's a bank. This is the West Virginia Regional Bank, West Banco. It is one of my favorites, so I was kind of surprised to see it on this list because there's only 21 names on here and a lot of banks could be on this list, but West Banco made it and ticker WSBC so it is a market cap of 2.4 billion so fairly small regional bank but they are just growing that earnings expected to be up 38% this year to 2.45 from $1.77 the PEs just under 15 at 14.6 it's paying very nice dividend yield yielding 3.7% here it is a Zach's number two strong buy, or just buy, sorry, number twos are buys. Year to date, because the banks have been hot, shares are up 21%, yeah, for just this regional bank. Um, the S&P is up about 10, remember, so it is beating the S&P so far this year. We're waiting on earnings, they haven't reported yet, um, and you do have to start to wonder if, if all the good news is already priced in. We don't know, but I do like the banks for the next several years here as the economy you know, starts to heat up and that's where banks will make the money in an economic booming type of period. They will do well. So West Banco is the first one out the gate, WSBC. Then uh, I did one of the asset management companies, T. Rowe Price Group. You might know them if you own some of their mutual funds or maybe have your retirement account through them. Ticker is T-R-O-W. They're one of the bigger asset uh, investment management services companies. They have a market cap of about $40 billion. They haven't reported earnings yet either. I'm recording this in the middle of April 2021. So... Be aware with a lot of these companies, they haven't reported yet, but by the time you listen to this podcast, they might have. So be sure to check in and see what they're doing here for the first quarter of 2021, because it's going to be an important quarter. But T. Rowe Price, pretty cheap. P.E. is 14.5. Their earnings expected to be up 27% here in 2021 to make 12.17 versus 9.58 last year. Assets under management are on the rise. As the stock market hits new highs, that means their assets under management will too. And that's a positive thing for these types of companies. Year-to-date, these shares are up 16%. So they've been hot too. Um, and then the PE is 14.5. I'm not sure if I said that already, but pretty cheap here. A lot of these asset management companies are making these types of lists right now. However, this is a number two buy as well. Then switching over gears to one of the few healthcare stocks that actually made this list because it's among the cheaper ones. I've talked about it in the past, ABV, ticker ABBV. So they uh, own Humira, that's their big drug. It's going off of patent 
by 2023. That's why the shares have been somewhat depressed in recent years. They have a plan to replace that revenue, and it's already in operation. They did buy Allergan, the big pharma company, and um, they own Botox, so they now have the Botox. And other things are looking up for them, but the street is still kind of ignoring it. Um, year to date, the shares are only lagging everybody. They're down 1% on the year versus, again, the S&P 500 being up a little over 10%. AbbVie is one of the big, huge drug companies, market cap of $187 billion. They, too, have not yet reported first quarter earnings. They pay the big dividend, though, yielding 4.8% right here. PE is just 86 so dirt cheap, but those earnings expected to be up 18.4% this year to 12.50 from 10.56. So they are still growing those earnings. That's a key thing with a lot of these big drug pharma companies is where do they get the growth? They usually have one or two big you know, blockbuster drugs, but then the growth kind of peters off after that. But AbbVie has the Botox and a couple other interesting things going on, but the street's kind of ignoring it. I own AbbVie in my own personal portfolio now. I only just started buying it, um, and I've owned it in the Value Investor since 2019. So we've been patient with it over there, um, even though the shares have somewhat lagged, but the dividend is encouraging us to stay in. So again, dividend yielding 4.8%. Next company is one you might not have heard of, and I have not covered this one. It's called Atlas Corp. Ticker is ATCO. So they're in Hong Kong. So if you're not interested in owning a foreign-based company, then you might not want to be in this one. But they are um, own a couple different companies. They own C-SPAN, which is container ship owners, and we all know how hot those have been, and APR, which is Mobile Power Solutions. So they have a market cap of $3.5 billion, so on the smaller side, but they're paying a dividend right now yielding 3.6%. The shares are pretty cheap with a PE of 103 Earnings expected to be up 38% based on that hot container ship uh, market and everything going on with logistics and shipping. So earnings of $1.34 versus just $0.97 cents last year. Year-to-date, these shares are up 31% because everybody's figured out how cheap container ship companies were but how hot that market is. And they've kind of stalled out here. So people have made their money in it. Shares are down 2% in the last month as everybody's kind of waiting for further catalysts. Can this hot market continue? They have almost like 100% utilization on these container ships and with the containers. So um, hard to know how much better it can get, but I thought I'd include it here because it's cheap and it does have that dividend yield. You might want to wait to see if there is some kind of pullback in it before you know diving in but it doesn't report earnings until may may of 2021 so you're gonna have to wait around and kind of see what's going on with this industry when they report and then the fifth stock is the only home builder that showed up on the list and i debated whether or not i should include this one because we talked about the home builders over and over and over again right do we really need to know about another home builder you all know about it none of them are secret 
but the fundamentals remain so good that they're maintaining those Zach's number ones or number two ranks for week after week after week. And now we're we're heading into earnings again. A few of the home builders have already started reporting. Of course, it was good again. Estimates are being revised higher a bit again, but this is huge earnings growth year over year. And um, shares are up big, but they do again remain cheap. So the home builder that made it is the one that pays one of the highest dividends on uh, the home builder industry and it's MDC holding, ticker MDC. They own um, Richmond Homes, I believe it is. So if you've heard of Richmond in your city or in your area, then that is MDC building those homes. And they are among the larger of the home builders. They're in the hot markets in Florida, in Texas, near Washington, DC. They went into Boise last year at the end of the year, I think it was. Um, so they're in these hot markets. Market cap of 4.3 billion. Uh, the PE is just 8.7 still. So still remaining under 10 because that E side of things is still rising. So analysts looking for 696 this year versus 517 last year. That's earnings growth of 34.6%. It is a Zach's number two right now uh, on the buy. Dividend is yielding 2.2%. So um, the dividend is still hanging on. They have been raising the dividends uh, over the last year or so. Um, so I'm not sure if we're going to expect another dividend increase somewhere in there. But they did pay out a special dividend to shareholders in March. So that's already happened. So I'm not looking for another one of those this year. Um, and then we'll see what they do on, you know, whether or not they do raise just the regular dividend once again, but still pretty juicy at 2.2%. Year to date, these shares are up 26.8%. So the home builders are all trading near their five-year highs here or and or are breaking out. But again, still really cheap. I own MDC holding as well in my own personal portfolio and in the value investor because I did like that dividend that we get here. They haven't reported yet. They're reporting at the end of April. So you might want to tune into any of these home builders to kind of see what's going on. But again, this is not like a secret, you know, uh, value stock. We all know that these are values, all the home builders. And I do get asked, like, which ones should I buy? Um, but you, you have to do your own research, dig around. You may know of a home builder. Maybe you bought from one of them. Um, you know, maybe you listen in on the conference calls and you really like what one of them is doing, what what markets they're in, what the product is looking like. Um, but they all kind of have the same underlying metrics. The housing market is very tight right now. Inventories at record lows nationwide. Their competitors are the existing home sales. That's at record lows. So, um Things are things are looking good for the home builders, and that's why they keep making this list. And so, yeah, some of them are a triple threat. So what else was on this list? So there were a decent number of foreign companies because some of the foreign companies like uh, Atlas do pay the dividends. So a couple of those showed up. Um, one of the energy companies that I've talked about in the past, Echo Petrol, was on this list because they pay that one yearly big dividend. 
which I think they've reinstated now, which is why they're making this list. So that ticker is EC. So they were on there. There was a gold miner on the list because some of the gold miners after last year's good year with uh, gold prices rising, but now they've come back down again. They were increasing their dividends in the last year. So some of them made the list. And then there were several REITs on the list, but I chose not to go with any of the REITs. There were none that were like the malls or any of that. Some of those have had big runs and aren't quite as cheap um, anymore. So they were not qualifying on some things, but there were some, some REITs in there. No hotel REITs though. No hotels or hospitalities and no um, of the malls or the shopping like type of REITs. So that's kind of what's out there and what's happening right now on the ones that are cheap with some growth that are paying, um, you know, some cash to us to hold on. So the list always going to change because it's got the rank in there and we'll see what happens with you know, the names that appear on these kind of triple threat things as we move forward throughout the year. But I'm not surprised that some of the trends we've seen, especially on the cheap stocks, remain. Um, There aren't as many energy stocks on here. I think that's probably because the rank is a little off, even though they have dividends. And then we'll have to see on the E side with many of the energies. Year over year, their E is definitely up because last year was horrible for the energy companies the oil and gas industry. And so we will see year over year earnings growth that's pretty strong on those. But remember, these are all kind of the pandemic distortions. So it's not telling you as much about what's going on in the underlying business as it would for something like an AbbVie where it last year didn't impact them. The pandemic didn't impact their earnings as severely as it did someone in like the oil and gas industry. So for AbbVie to be growing its earnings another 18%, is that what it was? Yes, 18% this year over last year is pretty impressive. So that's what we're looking for when we're screening for this type of triple threat thing. And um, once we get past the pandemic by a couple quarters here, then the data, the year-over-year data and things like that won't be so as distorted. But we got to take it as it is, and we're still going to get these distortions. So keep that in mind when you're watching any of these earnings reports come in and you're seeing things like 57% earnings growth year-over-year or things like that. And keep in mind, well, what was happening a year ago and how... How good or bad was it a year ago? And for some companies, it was good, but many, it was not so good as the pandemic hit. So keep that in mind. So let me repeat the tickers again in case you want to, you know, write some of these down or, and go research them or listen to those conference calls because we're starting earnings season. And this is the time where you're going to find out a lot more about these companies. So West Banco was the bank that I chose. There were several other banks on here, not as many banks as I might have thought, but there were a few other ones on here. West Banco, WSBC, then T. Rowe Price, the asset management company, makes the cut. They are T-R-O-W. Then we have AbbVie in the drug area with the biggest dividend, 4.8% A-B-B-V. Then we had Atlas, the Hong Kong container ship and mobile uh, services or mobile solutions. They own like two different companies that they manage. 
ATCO is the ticker there. The home builder, again, is MDC Holdings, the broken record that we talk about a lot. MDC is the ticker. And then I mentioned Echo Petrol. That was, that's in um, Colombia, the country, Colombia. And that's kind of like their national oil company down there. And the ticker there is EC. So be sure to subscribe to get all of our podcasts because I'm still going to be you know, digging into what's happening on the value side. We've had a big rally in a lot of the value stock areas. Will that continue here in 2021? And where is the value, um, especially in areas like technology that don't have traditional valuations that are cheap on like PE or price to sales basis, but there's still got to be some deals there, right? So we're going to be poking around and see what we can find in some of these areas because value has a lot of different meanings. It's not always just classic valuation like PE or price to book, but could be value compared to its peers and even compared to its whole sector. And so we're gonna be throwing around some more stock ideas. You can get us on Apple Podcasts. You can get us on Spotify. You can get us on Amazon Music. You can get us on Stitcher. I don't know, a whole bunch of other places. You can get us anywhere that most podcasts are found. But be sure to get us so that you don't miss a single episode. And I'll be back again next week with some more value stocks. This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.